Hello and welcome back to the Final Whistle podcast. Uh, this week, uh, myself and Bobby are going to be doing a little bit, uh, looking at the rise of Leicester City over the years and basically looking at how they've reached, um, you know, winning the Premier League and now challenging for Champions League spots. So let's start off with um, looking at how Leicester are doing currently. Um, as of recording time, which is on Sunday afternoon, but before the Liverpool-Leicester game, Leicester sit uh, third with a game in hand. And if they win, they'll be top of the Premier League by a point um, just above Spurs. Bobby, how impressive do you think that is, considering that, you know, a few seasons ago they were bottom of the league? Uh, I think it's, oh, I, mean, it's re- I mean, it is really impressive, obviously, because Leicester's not been at the top for very long. But I think ever since that, um, that title win, however, was it like 2015, 2016? Yeah. I honestly don't think that they've fallen at all. They've just been one of those teams that whenever you play them, they do have their on and off games, but, you know, they're always they're performing consistently. And one thing that see, they seem to do that a lot of other teams can't do is they don't really go out and buy like the best players. They sort of make the best players. You know, you've got Vardy, you've got Kante, Mares, Madison, Harvey Barnes coming up now. I just think they're when they lose a player, they get a lot of money for them, maybe in terms of Harry Maguire as well. And they can also bring in, you know, a lot of people to uh, replace them, which I think is really good. Yeah, there's been really impressive. And if we look at the last few seasons and how they've done, so obviously this season they're third, possibly could go top. Last season uh, they finished fifth. Obviously they were in the top, the top four for majority of last season. It was quite a, quite sad to see them drop out of the Champions League spots. But they are only four points off Chelsea, uh, and then the two seasons before that they were ninth, not too far off the top four, but decently mm-hmm. there. Um, season obviously. Uh, I think it was the season before that they were 12th because they had dropped off from the league win and it wasn't as good as the season, but it was still a decent finish. But then obviously that title winning season, top of the league, 81 points, 10 points above second place Arsenal and being obviously the closest to winning a title, you know, that you've come to Bobby. But what was it like? I mean, I can personally remember, what did you like think that season when this unbeatable teams seem to come about I don't know I mean I, I'm correct me if I'm wrong but I don't think we were second until like the last day because I'm pretty sure Tottenham bowled because they lost to Chelsea didn't they mm. so I'm pretty sure Toss, Tottenham managed to come third in a two horse race but you know it was a great it was just like thinking about it at the time everyone was just so shocked by it that it was just something that no one had ever seen before and when it came true and they kept on winning and obviously Vardy got the the, the record for most goals consoled in sec- consecutive games and everything. And I think at the time, even though it was a period when a lot of other teams were playing really badly, I'm pre- was that the season that Chelsea finished, like, bottom half of the table? I'm pretty sure. Like, yeah, it must have been about that. Maybe 13th or something, something like that. Yeah, but I honestly, I, it was such an incredible sort of year and it was great. Well, that's that, that season. As you said, you know that was it was great, and especially for fans, they were put at odds of five thousand to one to win the title, um, which is exceptional. Um, but then, as you said, Tottenham there they threw away two nil lead against Chelsea, and they ended up drawing two two at the Battle yeah. of Stamford Bridge. It was called, and I remember watching as soon as that game. It was that Hazard goal and everything, and the videos yeah. came out of um, the whole Leicester squad. They were sat together watching it. Mm-hmm. And I think especially for the fans, it must have been so magical. Just think, 
obviously supporting Forest in the Championship to think that in 10 years, I mean, it's probably not going to happen, but that could yeah. be us. It could be us going up to the Premier League and then within a few seasons, we've somehow won the league. But I mean, I don't expect yeah. that to happen. That was the... I mean, the likelihood of it happening is quite low again, isn't it? If any team mm. could do it because of the amount of money that a lot of other people spend, it just couldn't happen, I don't think. Well, that was the fastest seven-year rise to the Premier League title uh, since Ipswich in 1962. So, wow. obviously, it's not going to happen very much um, no. or anytime soon. Um, but then if we look at the performance that season, so Ranieri was the manager. Um, when he came in, everyone was a bit kind of sceptical, like, why, why would you hire him? He's not really yeah. got much um, like to boast. And they were ridiculously good. Vardy, as you said, broke the record, 13 goals in 11 consecutive mm-hmm. games, uh, breaking Ruud van Nistelrooy's record. Um, you know, they, they beat uh, Everton at Goodison Park 3-2. They, they were top of the table on Christmas Day. I think that was kind of when everyone thought, OK, this might actually happen. Um, yeah. And it's just been quite unbelievable what they've managed to do you know, even if even when they were under um, Nigel Pearson, he was he did some good work. Obviously, the great escape that was um, a few seasons back, fourteen uh, fifteen season. Um, uh, it was incredible. They were bottom. They were bottom of the league um, with nineteen points and twenty nine matches. Um, they were seven points adrift from safety in April. Um, but then they went on seven wins from the final nine league games, um, yeah. 14th place with 41 points. And we think about that now, if we look at the current league table and we just think about it this season, West Brom could win the league. Really? If, well, That's if... Yeah, if like the next year... We're yeah, only I... nine games in and the, like Leicester were, were kind of, you know, they were nearly down. So let's yeah. say next season, West Brom stay up somehow. Mm-hmm. They could win the league. I mean, it's, it's not going to happen, is it? But um, you, you can never just pre- predict that. And with the managers, just going to that. So Nigel Pearson uh, was there for quite a long period of time. It was his second stint at the club. Uh, well known for being quite an aggressive type of manager. Do you think that um, he's credited himself for building that squad do you think that um, the way he set up the team of being that like aggressive drive, do you think that's helped or was it just Ranieri all the way? Uh, definitely, I think he was probably he was probably key in sort of forming the team, picking the right players that he thought could work together, that could bring more out of the younger players coming up. And I think definitely him helping them escape was, you know, it was definitely a big achievement, but I don't think he would have done what Ranieri did. I just think his character man, uh, sort of brung the players together um, it was clear to see that Leicester, obviously, they had hidden world-class players in that team. I mean, back then, if someone told you about Riyad Mahrez or Angolo Kante or Jamie Vardy, you'd be like, who are they? But now they're all like international level, insanely good world-class players. So I think along with the fact that there was a lot of hidden gems in their teams and with the fact that a lot of the older players in there, they were just everyone was overperforming to how they should have been. And I think that was brought out sort of maybe by... Number one by Ranieri, obviously getting the best out of the players. You got number two where 
maybe a lot of other teams in the league were either going through changing periods or they obviously weren't having a very good season. Not to discredit Leicester, obviously they had a great year. But there was obviously, I mentioned before, with Chelsea having a not very good season and then Arsenal being quite average as usual with you know Man City and Man United. And then Tottenham obviously were hot on their heels for most of the season and bottled it in the last game. So I think definitely um, Nigel Pearson had a part to play in forming the team. But I think Ranieri just was uh, brilliant in how he executed it that year. Uh, Ranieri obviously hadn't, this wasn't his first job in England. He'd been at Chelsea from 2000 to 2004. Um, he didn't have a great time there. I think they finished sixth and they got a UEFA Cup spot. But mm-hmm. you look um, at some of the names that he brought in. Um, Frank Lampard from West Ham. That was Ranieri's signing. Um, Emmanuel Petit, he brought in. Uh, William Gallas from Marseille as well. And that was just around a total of 30 million. So obviously it was quite a lot of the time, but still like good players. Just think if Ranieri yeah. had never brought Frank Lampard everything could be so different like they wouldn't they chance are they wouldn't have him as manager right now which would make even more of a difference and I think the fact he didn't even he could barely speak much English when he came to Chelsea so he had players in that had to translate for him yeah Um, I just think he's such an amazing manager for what he's managed to do at many different clubs Um, I don't think he gets credit a lot of the time obviously when he was appointed at Fulham um, he's obviously a bit past his best now, but still, like such a legendary manager, don't you think? Yeah, definitely. I think number one, one of the most important things about a manager is to be likable. And I think obviously he was such a seemed like such a character, such a nice person. It must have been why the players, you know, they got along with him so well. But then obviously he's got the. I mean, Frank Lampard's one of the best players to ever play in the Premier League, and if he's seen that in him, then he's obviously. You know, he can he knows when a player in is good and he knows when to, you know, the best to bring out that player. And obviously, along with his his characteristics and his personality and obviously his knowledge of football is just all the things that combines to make him such a, a great manager. Mm. And then his assistant went on to take over as manager after Ranieri was sacked the season later, Craig Shakespeare. And he kind of mm-hmm. took them on the European journey after that European Champions League because yeah, yeah. the group stages they had Porto, Club Bruges and Copenhagen so average teams obviously Porto quite good um, but just look at the group stage they topped the group they lost once uh, they did lose 5-0 to Porto but still yeah. big wins in there so um, it's it's brilliantly done and then they went on and faced Sevilla in the next round. Sevilla, they um, they won one game 2-1 and they lost uh, so 2-0 and they lost 2-1. So they won on aggregate. And I think yeah. if you went on, I remember watching the games and going, well, Leicester have just won the league and no one expected it. They've just made the yeah. quarterfinals of the Champions League. What's going to happen? Because Champions yeah. League, obviously, quarterfinals, quite good. it's quite good. Atletico Madrid, they faced. They drew the first game 1-1. So they weren't even hammered and they only lost the second game 1-0. Um, so I think it's quite interesting what they've managed what they've managed to do as a club, especially with the ownership and obviously the the, the problems with the ownership, obviously with um, him dying recently and then his son yeah. handing over. I think that what they've managed to do as owners is, is pretty impressive, uh, yeah. especially coming into Europe. They've... This season, I think they're in the Europa League. Um, they've beaten Braga 4-0, AK Athens 2-1, and some Ukrainian team, I'm not going to try and pronounce, 3-0. So yeah. there's obviously quite a, quite, a, quite a good basis this season for Europe. Do you think they could 
um, reach the final in the Europa League? I mean, definitely. If they keep up their form, if they keep all their key players fit, I don't see why there's no reason for them to, you know, be going out and pushing for quarterfinals, semifinals, even the final. I mean, you've seen in the Premier League, they've really beaten Arsenal. You know, they've put in good performances elsewhere. And I think all the other teams in the Europa League, apart from the higher class ones, like, you know, your Napoli's, your Tottenham's, you know, people like that, which are games that they are going to struggle, but they're going to have to, you know, put a shift in and get the results. But apart from that, I think any other games they really should be expected to win and definitely could be a reason why they should be pushing for more European success. Mm. And then managers after that, they had uh, uh, like Claude Puel came in and did an all right job. But then the manager at the moment, uh, I think he's got a contract down to 2025, is Brendan Rodgers. Um, mm. He's done brilliant things at Celtic. He did all right at Liverpool, um, apart from obviously the league slip up against Chelsea and everything, yeah. which was quite um, disappointing, obviously. But um, yeah. what he did at Celtic, although the league is quite easy, I think it's quite impressive. Um, do you think that maybe the reason he did was so successful at Celtic was just because the league was so easy? I mean, yeah, it's not really... If, if he wasn't doing well with Celtic, Celtic, then you do have to be asking questions about him. But I do think you can, You have to give him credit where credit's due when he's coming with Leicester. He's really getting... He's making good signings, you know. He's bringing in a lot of quality players, especially Castagna this year, you know, everyone is gelling well together as a team. And I think he definitely shown himself as a good manager as long as he can keep up this sort of run with Leicester, get keeping them winning games and obviously, you know, get some more success in Europe. And I definitely think, yeah, he could be considered uh, a great manager. It's just unfortunate with that, you know, that uh, slip up in the Liverpool uh, 2014 season. That could definitely put him in a higher club category. Mm. And this season, as we said, they're, they're doing quite well. Um, the league this season is so ridiculous ridiculously open um yeah especially with what's happened um match wise i don't think anyone is unbeaten anymore so it's no. kind of not going to be as like a dominant season by one team as we might have seen in previous like few seasons but i think that's going to be really good because i think it's just mm -hmm. really boring when one team just like yeah. is at the top of the league so it's going to be really exciting um do you think that leicester could win the second Premier League title in their history this year? Oh, I don't know. The thing is, with this year, it's really, obviously, as you said, it's impossible to predict what's going to happen. So I don't think I could comfortably sit here and say that Leicester are definitely going to win the league. But I definitely think with their team that they should be, you know, pushing for top six, maybe even top four. But honestly, I think Chelsea, as much as it pains me to say, I think they're going to have a great year this year. Obviously, Liverpool, you expect them to be playing well as well. Same with Tottenham. So it looks like there's that one one spot left for someone to get into the top four. And I think Leicester's definitely a shout if Arsenal Man United keep up their tragic form at the moment. So uh, it just depends on whether they get their act together and, you know, just keep driven down and getting results. Well, other clubs that we've seen kind of do a Leicester in recent seasons, Wolves have come up. Yeah and been amazing but then I think you can kind of say the difference between them and Leicester was Leicester didn't just pump money like mm -hmm. money money they've signed the right players or Wolves have just kind of gone and spent ridiculous money on like buying Ruben, Ruben Neves for the championship I think you're like well, that was like 20 million or something so I think that's a bit crazy mm -hmm. but then 
they're, they've done really well out of it. And another team that are up there at the moment, um, there was one point behind Liverpool, uh, is Southampton. Oh, yeah. Doing quite well. Obviously, they were beaten by Leicester 7 1 uh, last season. And then they've turned it around, like locked down and coming on here in this season. Um, do you think they could obviously challenge Leicester for that fourth spot in the top four? Uh, yeah, I definitely think Southampton are a team to be dealt with this year. I think the only thing that I can notice them a bit lacking is obviously they've lost Hoiberg, which looks to be a great signing for Tottenham, unfortunately. But um, I think apart from that, you know, they've got a great striker in Danny Ings. I think Ryan Bertrand and Nathan Redman are quite underrated. You know, whenever I watch them, they do have quite a lot of energy. You've got Ward Prowse in the middle, who's a great young English player. I'm not sure if they're on quite the same level as Leicester. Not to discredit what uh, Hassan Hussle does, though. I think he's a great manager and all. I just think maybe they need a couple more years to, you know, invest in the right positions. But then the argument in there is, in a couple of years, they might not have Danny Ings. I mean, I don't know how old is Danny Ings. I'm not totally sure. But, you know, maybe in a couple of years, they just need to get the right recruitment and bring in a few more players. So just looking at uh, Leicester's recruitment over the last few years, obviously we've said they made some brilliant signings. 2013-14, I didn't realise it was this long ago they bought him. But Riyad Mahrez, um, mm-hmm. they bought him for about 450k. So... Yeah, I just think that was an absolute steal. They turned that over and sold him for City for sixty-one million. And just think yeah. what an incredible recruitment that was. And then Angola Kante, they got for eight million. Um, but then I was only—I was surprised when I was looking up stuff for this. He, they only sold him for thirty-two million, um, oh. which I, I think. Contract. Mm, I, if you look at him now, you'd you'd be like, they sold that for thirty-two million. Um, yeah. Do you think they could have pumped some more cash out for Kante? Or I think he did want to go. So yeah, I mean, he had a. Did he stay? He went the season after, didn't he? Straight mm. to Chelsea, and they won the league. I think we can say. I was looking at his stats, and it was like um, after in the Leicester year, and then the two seasons after, he was like the most out of tackles, possessions, interceptions, and then the two seasons after that, he was like 18th and 19th. And now he's gone back to first again. So I definitely think he's, you know, he had a dip in form, but he's starting to play well again. And I think, you know, he's probably one of the best midfielders in the world. So you could argue they could have got more for 30 million. But at, at the end of the day, even though Leicester just won the league, you couldn't guarantee that he was going to play well again. So it was never like definitely he was going to be world class. So I think that's probably why they didn't get as much as maybe they could have. Yeah. And then other players that they've, we yeah, bought and then sold Harry Maguire. They bought from Hull for twelve million. Um, yeah. Probably one of the best deals they've got of selling him for eighty million. With the way he's performing at the moment, it's yeah. ridiculous. But then just look at some of the other sales. Uh, Danny Drinkwater. They got thirty-five million for. Yeah, Chelsea, Chelsea paid more for Danny Drinkwater than they did for Ngolo Kante, um, yeah. which I think is ridiculous. And then Bill uh, Ben Chilwell this season for forty-five million. Um, so obviously Chelsea love to buy Leicester's players. Um, mm-hmm. Do you think that any any other players you can see at the moment in the Leicester team, obviously, um, as you said, Castagna's just signed, that could be sold for big money, or do you think they've kind of you know run out of those massive like budget signings? Uh, I'm. I mean, there's quite a, there's a few I could think of. You've got Wilfred Ndidi, who looks like a great player, and he's only 23. Uh, T. Lemons also looks like a great player, really young. And you obviously got the two obvious ones, James Madison and uh, 
Harvey Barnes, which looks like uh, great players. And I think it all just depends on how they keep their form. Obviously, Madison, if he ever did go, I think he could go for a lot of money considering he's English, which usually puts the price off from players. And you've got, you know, uh, what was that that guy this time from Rome? Reminds me like Under or something. I mean, he looks like oh, yeah. he's decent. And if he has a good couple of seasons, maybe some club might snatch him up. But yeah, I definitely think indeed he's probably their most high-profile player in terms of selling off in the future for a lot of money. Mm. And then if we look at the the squad that have obviously still there, uh, Kasper Schmeichel, who's been ridiculously consistent, um, has some bad games, but he's he's a good yeah. enough goalkeeper for the level. Um, obviously, the obvious one is Jamie Vardy, who I don't think I'm, we're ever going to see leave Leicester now. I think he's going to stay there forever. Um, there was links at the time, I think, linking him with Arsenal um, yeah, and some of the other clubs. Yeah, um, never do you think if he went to Arsenal, he would have been as impressive? Or do you think it's just the fact that it's Leicester that's him? Like, as you said, you can't guarantee that Kante plays well. Do you think yeah. he would have provided? I mean, honestly, it's really hard to, to guess because Arsenal, obviously, since then have been through, like, had, like, three different managers. Obviously, Wenger left a couple of years later. So either Jamie Vardy could have been the thing that sent Arsenal to glory and started playing really well again, or he might have just faded into nothing. And I think I'm glad that he said Leicester, because we can guarantee, you know, he's had a few, like, fantastic years after that uh, season. And it's just great to see him playing so well. Hopefully, next year in the Euros for England, he keeps his form up and plays really well, and, you know, brings England some success as well. Uh, and his story is just so amazing. The fact that he's come, like, through non-league and everything. And, he, like, he didn't even start playing top level football till his late twenties or whatever. Yeah. And then he's come through and he's like made England caps, scored goals for England, he's done so well. Um and then you look at some pictures of like him on the bench at Leicester alongside Harry Kane when he was out there on loan. Yeah. And it's 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 crazy to think that some of these players have played for Leicester that you never thought of like Kane. It's yeah. Just kind of shows that the club they can build brilliant players. Mm-hmm. So, I think Definitely. I think we it would be lovely to see um, Leicester win the league again. Um, I think they're just a very likable team. I think in England, yeah, there's not there's not very many people that hate them. Obviously, they're meant to be rivals mm. with Forest, but they're not really that close, so it doesn't really matter. Oh, yeah. Um, but I think if they win it again, it would be brilliant. And if we get to see players like Jamie Vardy and Mares pop up again as new ones, that would be really interesting because. Um, Otherwise, you're just signing the people from the big clubs, and um, it doesn't really help those others, and it would just like help out like the top six or whatever again, which is really boring. Um, yeah. So thank you everyone for listening. That's been a quick look into our views on Leicester and um, and just all things Leicester there. So um, thank you for listening. That was the final whistle. <laughs>